Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. This week is a little bit of a longer episode because we rifle through the rest of the questions that you guys sent in all about heaven. We answer everything from uh, who will be in heaven, how to get to heaven, what will judgment day be like, and so many more questions. We're glad that you're hanging out with us uh, today on A Little Better. Remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better by the power of His Spirit, do better so we can be Hey, and welcome to A Little Better, week four of Heaven Questions. Holy we God. are still talking about heaven. Feels like week four <laughs> to me. <laughs> it feels like week four to me as well. Based on the questions, we'll be doing this through Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we'll be like, welcome to 2022, week 24 of a Heaven Questions. A little more of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> we should change the name of the podcast. So not a little better, but a little more heaven. Yeah. There we go. Maybe we'll do a spinoff. All right, well, let's dive in because we got some questions to go through um, this week. Um, all right, more than we can imagine or understand sounds like a lot. Will we be able to handle the overwhelmingness of heaven? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, everything's going to change, right? Our yeah. bodies are—we're going to be—we're going to have resurrected bodies, and so. We we can't handle it now, but we will be able to handle it then. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we can uh, we can handle like overwhelming things, right? When it's overwhelming good things, right? Yeah. Like Doesn't you, it? You go on vacation, yeah. Like you you can handle like yeah being. Doesn't that sound a little like C.S. Lewis talks about being made you know sturdy enough, strong yeah. enough for heaven that mm-hmm. we just but we we will be sanctified. If we, we went like this, like we are right yeah, we'd, now, we'd be blown away by we, it. We'd be right. crushed. Well, I mean, that's why like Paul says, right? Yeah. In Second yeah. Corinthians, your, your weakened bodies are yep. strengthened. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. transformed, right? Because right. they are not, our bodies are not designed to handle it, yeah. but our resurrected bodies are. And I'm sure we'll be humbled by it. Yeah. I mean, we won't be destroyed by it. We'll be strong enough for it, but we will be, yeah. Because of what God's going to do in and through you, you'll be able to handle it. So mm-hmm. celebrate that. Uh, all right, next question. Um, how will we even know we're in heaven? Will it just be like we woke up and it's another day, but it just is going to last forever? I think someone's watching too many movies. You know, <laughs> it's just like all these movies where people, you know, you go through the whole thing and you finally realize they're dead the whole time or something like that. But I can't imagine not knowing you're in heaven. But yeah. to me, it's just that it seems like a, a popular, yeah. it makes for a good movie. There's sure. so I many TV shows and movies way. that yeah. they're like, wait. I died. <laughs> you did that well. I mean, I think you could try out for one of those soap soapboxes. Soap yeah. yeah, if you haven't watched like The Good Place, that's the premise of oh, The Good Place. Yeah. It's funny. That's um, that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other. There's actually yeah. some other questions that I feel like you watched The Good Place did. Oh, there's um, going to be no question. You're in heaven. Just to make it clear, you're when you're in there, you'll be you'll know it. Okay, this is another question from The Good Place. Next one. Is there an orientation? <laughs> from the good place. Because <laughs> there is in the good place, Drew. I'm yeah. just saying. I think you have a type A personality if you ask that question, right? Just the this nature of question. like... No, hey, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe. I don't I don't know. No, probably, but maybe, right? Who knows what God's got planned Why for us. Why would but... I even... I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, like I said, sometimes I don't have the grace and the patience. Because like, I, I say, well, like, why do I even care what the answer to that question is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if it's an orientation, it won't be boring, right? I feel like yeah. this person... Just 
just had a terrible job experience where oh, they were yeah. made to do a job PTSD. that they didn't tell them how to do yes. it. And it's like, wait, I, I need to know everything, right? right. Before I, yeah, could be. yeah, I think, I think you'll be all right. Just, so, just to so bring some peace. Short riff story. Cause we haven't had many stories the past three days or three weeks, whatever we've been doing. There, so I don't know. <laughs> Feels like eternity to me. <laughs> we do all the podcasts for yeah. the year. In yeah. One, one day. day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Rena, Rena had a job like when we first got married. Um, and they kept adding things for her to-do list. And then like three weeks in, they handed her the manual. <laughs> like, like, oh, we forgot. Here's the actually how to do this job. <laughs> heaven will be better yeah. runs than Secondary that. question. Is there a manual to heaven? <laughs> is there a manual? It's a follow-up. All right. Um, so will we have the same personality type in heaven? Like if we're an introvert here on earth or, you know, an extrovert or whatever the case may be. Enneagram like whatever. 7, yeah. ENFP. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely have the perfect, perfect version of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I I have a hard time believing that we're going to change so much that we lose our identity of who we are, right? I think right. God created you as an introvert. That's not, like, it's not a bad thing, right? right? God designed you that way. And I think, you know, I don't think you're going to be a recluse hiding in your, you know, whatever we call mansions or houses right. or whatever we're, right. you know, I think we're going to live in relationship. And I think introverts and extroverts alike are going to enjoy that. God and, loves diversity. I, and there's yeah. those scriptural arguments, right? I mean, if we're going to see every tribe, tongue, nation represented, I'm sure it's not going to be homogenized. Right. Each of those mm-hmm. is another color of the rainbow. Yep. And the same way with personalities, you know, um, you can, even when you, you know, you read through the Enneagram or something like that, they would say, well, here's a good version of, of an Enneagram <laughs> 7. Here's a bad but, version yeah, exactly. of an Enneagram yeah. 7. Yeah. I think you highlighted a key thing there. It's like there are parts of all of our personalities and how we're wired that are very sinful and need to be righted. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the yeah. healthy, godly version of you right. um, that God intended you, intends you to be, that will be who you're like in heaven. So, th- yeah, your personality may shift because mm-hmm. you won't have... Sin. Pride, yeah. sin within you, and so you will change in a right. positive light. But you won't be just this like the slate is wiped clean. Right. You're a new person altogether. Well, and think about all the extroverts that you can't stand. Right? They yeah. they're gonna have some change yeah. too. Yeah, they're right? You know, they're, everyone will. Yeah. That guy who knocks on your door all the time, like, hey, I want to <laughs> hang out. I want to hang out. I want to. He's yeah. like, he's gonna calm down a little bit. Yeah, heaven, right? My wife often says, I lost interest a while ago <laughs> while I'm talking. So I don't think. Hopefully that won't oh, happen. Good. In I heaven. was worried Her too, there, Brad. <laughs> Her too. <laughs> Would you say? What I, did? I got worried there a little bit. Oh goodness. All right. So so next question, can we visit heaven before we die? You know, this is an interesting question, right? The answer is obviously yes. And we can say yes because it happened. It, John <laughs> experienced it, right? Paul experienced it. Right. Now, I think we have to be leery about people selling books that say I've been to heaven, right? That feels more like... I, and again, I'm judging, so I'm just going to clearly... It feels more like a money scheme than an actual, like, wow, this this was an encounter with God. Mm-hmm. But who am I to say that God can't take somebody to heaven, give them a glimpse, and have a purpose behind it? I think those things mm-hmm. can happen because they have happened, mm-hmm. but I don't know how they happen or how God determines to make them happen. I think yeah. a follow-up question is, do they need to happen? And I don't think they do. Yeah. I mean, I think what we have on the... you know. What we have in scripture, 
you know, what we have, uh, you know, from Christ um, is sufficient. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of that, I think, is that urge to, you know, we want some questions answered, mm. right, that aren't getting answered. Uh, but, I mean, the questions that are unanswered don't need to be answered. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good answer, guys. Uh, the next question is uh, about our earthly sins. So when we get to heaven, we're told that there's this judgment day or before we get there, whatever. that. That's another question down the line. Um, but will the most embarrassing evil sins I've committed that maybe some people don't even know about here on this earth, uh, will they be revealed for all to see in heaven? Go ahead, Brad. <laughs> I'd love to hear your I thoughts on this. I have no idea. But I do think there'll be a different perspective on it. Mm. There was uh, one, I remember seeing, uh, it was a movie, it was a dramatization of the book Joshua. It, do not do not think this has any basis for scriptural <laughs> instruction or anything. But the character was kind of like a Jesus character in it. You know, the woman said, you know, you know, you know my life is broken. And, and, you know, the Jesus character says, your life is beautiful. Mm. And just, uh, and it was like this glass had been broken and just put back together in a beautiful way. But I do think that there's going to be ways in which even, you know, you know our, even our sin ultimately glorifies God, just in terms of because it is a demonstration of grace, yeah. because we see through, I mean, yes, horribly regret that I have sinned, but all my focus will be on how God's, how great God's grace was, yeah. and and what He produced through it. And would I have ever come to see Christ the way I did without mm. those failings? So I've often thought, like through my life, every sin I commit is often a revelation to me. Like I might go off to college and say, I never thought I would fail that way. Well, God was not surprised. Right. Not yeah. in any way. But what that does is then it just, you know, changes grace. Yeah, I think this question deals with fear, mm-hmm. right? I'm afraid that I'll be embarrassed in heaven because I've committed some awful sins. And I think we all could say I that, have, right? Indeed. We all, yeah. like there are sins that I don't want people to see that mm-hmm. I've committed. Right. Um, and I, I think, again, when we get to heaven, our perspective on sin changes. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is to God... The sins that we see, we would label as acceptable, mm-hmm. as like not mm-hmm. that big of a deal, will be the same as the sins that we regret the most, right? Like there's this shift in how we view sin. And I think it doesn't matter. You know, I think this person's afraid that the sin that they no one knows is going to come out, right? Because it's so big and it's so bad. Mm-hmm. All sin is like that in heaven. Right, yeah. and that perspective changes where yeah. it doesn't matter what you did. If it was in rebellion to God, you're you're going to be ashamed of it. You're going to yeah. be remorseful because you know if you look at the times in the Bible where people saw God's glory, right? They, what what is yeah. uh what's his name say? I think it's Isaiah. Isaiah. Uh, woe woe to me! me. Yeah. Woe, woe to me. me! Right? And why is he saying that? Because he's recognizing how sinful he is. And yeah. I think for us at the judgment seat, it's all going to be the same. Oh, right! Sure. It's going to be this commonality of like, woe are yeah. we? I think you both you guys hit on something that here on this earth we're almost more concerned with. Oh, I hope Drew doesn't know what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in heaven, we're going to be really concerned with like. Oh my gosh, God! Mm. Look, standing in His holy presence, um, and we're going to be aware of how heinous and awful and grievous like yeah. sin actually is to Him, mm. and that we've mm-hmm. sinned against a holy God, and we're going to be in His presence, and that's going to be overwhelming. Not 
the fact that my fellow humans know that I've messed up, right. you know, that I've sinned. And like Brad said, right, we're also going to be reminded, like, woe is me, but wow is the grace mm. of God, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. those two things go hand in hand, this shame, but this love that mm-hmm. overcomes the shame of like, wow, I can't believe I did that, but whoa, God right. is so good. Well, yeah. But you mentioned shame, like shame thrives in secrecy here on earth, yeah. but, yeah. you know, you also talk about the, the liberation, yeah. just to have that exposed, even here on earth, right, yeah. in community, yeah. to confess our sins one to another, have that exposed, yeah. and the grace of God applied, and to be loved, and to now know I am loved, even for mm, who I, I am. truly am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just a hint mm. of what will happen in heaven. And I wonder how the scandals will shift, too, right? You might be horrified about, you know, some sexual indiscretion here sure. on earth. But maybe it's the proud, self-sufficient people will be the bigger scandals in right. heaven, mm. right? The way in which they just depended on themselves and were proud mm. before God. Yeah, acceptable sins in our yeah. in our world, right? Yeah. It, uh-huh. Again, it all changes, right? Mm. That, none of it is acceptable. Mm. No. All of it is heinous to God, right? right? Yeah. That's good. All right, moving right along. Uh, the question goes, is there day and night, hot and cold? And I think this person is using these analogies to dictate good and evil is where they're at really getting at. Mm-hmm. Because without bad, how will we ever understand endless good? Yeah, so to answer some of the practical, day and night, well, God created day and night, right? It's mm-hmm. something he designed in a perfect world, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I've heard some scholars say there won't be night, right? Because God's presence is light, right? So will there ever be a day and a night? I think you could argue either way. You know, I think hot and cold, sure. I think water will be, you know, the crystal water could be hot or it could Mm -hmm. be cold. Like we enjoy like, you know, Mm -hmm. cold water and we refreshing water. And we also enjoy a nice hot tub this time of year, man, getting the hot tub. It's like, (laughs) hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I think the bigger question is how can we enjoy good? When no, evil doesn't exist, how will we know, you know? But, like, I mean, honestly, like, to me, that question feels weird because, like, I, why do I want evil around, right? Yeah. Like, I guess this question really is getting at, like, will we be aware that hell exists? That's kind of, the, I feel like this is the question well, underneath the also, question. And also, in an earthly life, everything is about contrast and what happens when those contrasts disappear, right? I mean, we enjoy our pleasures so much in contrast to the pain. And and I think there's so many rules on earth and science and everything else that just, I don't even know how they apply in heaven. (laughs) They break, yeah. Because we cannot, I mean, it's proven, right, with the leprosy discussion, you know, you Mm -hmm. can't exist without pain. Because you'll destroy yourself without pain. But if there's no pain in heaven, okay, it's just a totally different ball game up yeah. there. And if there's no death, I just, you know, it's I can't walk across the lawn without crushing bugs under my feet. Right. Right? I mean, do do houseflies live forever? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just <laughs> it, the microbes. You're, you're bringing up way too many questions right here. Stay on topic. Here we go. Yeah, but but all all that to say is that the rules are going to be entirely rewritten. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it how, how that works out. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, what here applies on earth gives us hints. You know, the garden gives us hints, but yeah. how it but how it plays we, out. We brought like, back earlier in an episode, just to refresh our memories, if we can remember, about um, the saints seeing those being thrown into the lake of fire mm-hmm. um, and being rightly. So this question almost was answered in a previous episode in the context of, if we, if we as the saints or the saints see those at the end being thrown in the lake of fire, we're, we're obviously, there's 
evidence, whether that's a moment of evidence of us noticing that evil is being ultimately destroyed. So we see evil and then we can contrast that in heaven. Like, but we're not them. There they go. And Mm -hmm. we, we, the saints rejoice at the judgment of God. So I think that to answer that question is like, we are aware, even if it's just in that one moment Mm -hmm. that evil did exist and it's done. Now we can enjoy endless good, endless you know, yeah. and thanks, thanks for reining me in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> My long tangent. <laughs> and some of that, you know, again, how you define heaven and what heaven you're talking about, too. Yeah. Intermediate mm-hmm. heaven versus ultimate heaven. Those yeah. are different places, mm-hmm. you know, and so different time periods and yeah. different fulfillments. So. And what I just explained was ultimate, ultimate heaven, ultimate heaven yeah. new heaven, new earth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next question What will Judgment Day be like? I think it will be a beautiful, a beautiful mess. Right, I think it will be messy because we're sinful, but it will be beautiful because God is gracious. Right, and so I don't, I don't know, honestly. You know, if, if I can, here's my quick answer. Yeah. If you want me to that, but I, you know, it, like anything that God does, it's going to bring Him glory. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, it's gonna be perfect, and it's a day that I think we dread, right, as mm-hmm. humans. But I, I think it will be different than what we think. Yeah. And what are we talking about here? We're we talking about the judgment, the ultimate judgment of the eternally the, yeah. damned versus those. That, that's who the question. I'll, I'll bring some nuance in this. And Tom Schreiner, New Testament scholar, biblical mm-hmm. theologian, he says that the day of the Lord, which is a specific day, um, will be uh, rejoicing for the saints, terror for those who don't follow Christ, mm-hmm. right? That's what the day of the Lord. And if you can search from Genesis all the way to the end of your Bible and look specifically probably in the prophets in the Old Testament when they say when they say phrases like the day is coming or a day or the day of the Lord they're mm-hmm. they're using all these different terminologies and they're describing it as almost like this vengeance that God is going to punish his enemies and rescue the remnant of the the saints mm-hmm. but then in Revelation chapter, I think it's 19, there's the great white throne judgment. And to answer that, we could do many series on this (laughs) podcast about those two separate things. And in fact, others have. So my encouragement would be read that in Revelation for the great white throne judgment, and then read your whole Bible and see all those parts for the day of the Lord, and you'll get several descriptors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That may not be helpful for you if that's your question, <laughs> but that's my encouragement. <laughs> There's a lot there. There's a lot. There's yeah. a re- there is really a lot there, and we're trying not trying to dodge the question. Just this question was so open and broad that yep. it's hard for us to really zero. And good news: now. in about six months or so, we're doing a series on Revelation, so we might touch on Woo-hoo. that a little bit. I'm just saying, you know, we might skip how, over how it all. Years is that series going to be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be in parts. I think we so. have a specific goal. That is two to be determined. Oh, boy. <laughs> cool. All right, next question. Um, how can heaven be better than being in the zone? Meaning when you feel like you're doing exactly what you were created to do here on this earth, whether that may be in your work, in your family, in your life in general, how can heaven be better than that? Well, I mean, I think the simple answer is sin doesn't exist, right? Amen. So, right. I mean, we could move on there. But I, I do think if you're living in the zone and you're doing what God created you to do, you're getting a taste of heaven on earth. And I think people, we can experience heaven on earth, right? We're going to talk about it in this next series, just to give you a window into where we're going next. We're doing a series called Heaven Invades. So right out of heaven, we're talking about Jesus coming to earth. And I do think we can get a taste of heaven on earth 
here. Jesus says, I came to give life and life to the mm-hmm. fullest. So I do think there is a groove on earth where, where you are living in obedience to God and fulfilling your purpose where you get a taste of heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, it's good. don't get me wrong. Sin's still here on this earth. So yeah. that taste is minimal compared to what we're going to experience. Amen. Yeah, it's good. I love it. Is he talking about like zone, like McKay chick sent me high, all that work on flow and those zone sure. experiences? I don't, know. I don't know. But that, there's a lot of that is just like people who get into a zone. It's a flow experience where they're just at optimal you know, performance where you think about athletes or whoever, yeah. mm-hmm. they're just key in. Everything else disappears. Everything feels right. Yeah, you know, but your body's right. still limited. You're still limited by sin, right. and in, yeah. you're corruptible. You're, you gotta you're go to bed. You gotta right? go to bed. Yeah. So heaven can be better because all those limits that sin and the corruption puts on us, even though we're in the zone, we still have limits. Right. We still are limited. Yeah. And in heaven, that's not to say that okay, now you get to work for it, you know. But yeah. it's yeah, sin doesn't exist. That's why it's better. Yeah. So will we always be at peak capacity? I don't know. But I mean, I think there are rhythms. You talked about rest, you know, and the rest thing. I think that's yeah, it's good. probably going to be true, though. Yeah, it'll be rhythm. It's it's going to be perfect, however it works. But Cool. All right, another question about heaven. Um, this person really dives into this question, citing a, a lot of verses in Revelation. Um, and the, the question really is, why are only God and his son, Jesus, worshiped in the book of Revelation. And I'm guessing, I'm going to have to do some deductive reasoning here, but I think what this person is talking about is the Trinity and Mm. why isn't the Holy Spirit explicitly mentioned as being worshiped as a part of the the Godhead, Father, Son, Spirit? Hmm. Well, I mean, to answer that question, anytime you worship one, you worship the others, right? So I think we have to remember the Trinity is one God. Yeah, one plus one plus one equals one. Yes, it's weird. <laughs> it's the weirdest <laughs> equation. But when you worship God the Father, or when you worship Jesus, when you worship the Holy Spirit, you're worshiping God himself, right, who is displayed in three unique persons that, you know, serve different purposes. But when I obey the Spirit of God in my heart, in my life right now, I'm worshiping the one true God. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's not to nuance other religions who would use G-O-D um, to mm-hmm. say like, oh, I'm worshiping the true God. That's not to mm-hmm. say, you're not what you're not saying is that, well, those other religions who are worshiping God uh, like are worshiping yes. Father, Son, Spirit. That's no. not to say that because we're talking a specific personal God yep. who sent his son and then and Jesus himself said the only way to get to him is through me. Yep. Um, and, and in that context, in that very specific context, when you worship God, the Son, the Spirit, mm-hmm. and you're doing it rightly, it's mm-hmm. not to elevate one above the other. Um, they're a trinity. It's, it, even talking this, it feels like we're talking in circles, but yeah. it's hard to wrap our mind around. We can't. Yeah. I think I, I remember a friend before he became a Christian, he read the Gospel of John, and I asked him what he thought of it, and he said, I think Jesus really wants us to know the Father. And I just thought that was like the most beautiful answer mm-hmm. to what John was trying to do. But you see Jesus continually pointing to the Father, and the Holy Spirit often playing a background role. The Holy Spirit, you know, and you can see this in John's, you know, we're talking about Jesus's upper room discourse, you know, about the Spirit coming, that the whole purpose of the Spirit, mm. you know, is to make known Christ. Yeah. So, so there is a bit of that yeah. hierarchy in there, and yeah, they're all co-equal, they're yep. all fully God, yeah. but there's that role of uh, each 
I, I was I was wrestling through that question and, and kind of going to some of these citations and revelation this person sent in and could it could it be this is just my question is like mm-hmm. the, the Holy Spirit's a seal and it's living inside of all of us and it's present, all present. I mean, mm-hmm. so just because it's not explicitly mentioned like and they bowed down to the Spirit of God, like it's not to say that the Holy Spirit isn't absent from the end times and he's not absent from heaven. Like he's he is fully present. Um, yeah, and it's hard to like. How do you how do you quantify a spirit? <laughs> well, not not only that, but how do you remove the spirit when it's you, one yeah, God? You can't. Right. You can't. Like it's weird because mm-hmm. they man like they manifest themselves in in three persons, right? But mm-hmm. it is still one God, and so you mm-hmm. can't have one without a, apart from the other. Sure. So like, yeah. even if God the Father is mentioned, really God. The Son and God the Spirit is mentioned yeah. because they're one God. Mm-hmm. And so you can't like manipulate it where you're like, oh, I worshiped God the Father today, but Jesus and the Spirit didn't get any of me. No, that's mm. not how it works. When yeah. you worship God, when he's mentioned, it's all three of them, yeah. even if they're not specifically named. Right. Yeah. In week two of the series, this is the next question. Um, you mentioned, you, you kind of put some defining terms around intermediate heaven, ultimate heaven. And in ultimate heaven, you talked about heaven and earth being overlapping circles. If you had our equip email, we did, the, we shared this video about the Bible project that they did yeah, this great video, video of heaven and earth. So just to define this, even just a clear answer. So is the new heaven and the new earth Two circles that are overlap. Are they one, two, one? Which one are they? <laughs> it's it's one heaven. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. Heaven and earth basically collide together to create our ultimate home. Yeah. Right. So. Good. Yeah. It's just one place. Cool. That's great. Uh, next question: Is there anything that would prevent me from getting to heaven? Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. What, we, uh, would... I mean, if universalism is not true, right? We talked about that before, mm-hmm. that not everyone gets to heaven. There must be things that prevent people from getting to heaven. But it's our sin, right, <laughs> that prevents us from getting to heaven, our lack of holiness. So you got to find a way to get rid of sin because no admission, right? I mean, you'll ruin heaven if they let you in <laughs> right. you know, with sin. So how do we get rid of that? And we can't tip the balance like Muslims do, you know, just pile up more good works than bad works. You know, mm-hmm. we can't earn our way in. The only way is just to be washed clean in the blood of Christ. So to have and to give up all pride, all claim, all credentials, you know, except, you know, he said I could get in, you know, and in mm-hmm. Christ, you know, you know, save me. So, yeah, what keeps us out of heaven is is turning down God's offer. Yep. Which yeah, God's sure. offer is? God's offer of salvation, of payment for sins, and a new heart and new spirit mm. and, and righteousness. Yep. I, I, there's an illustration I love where you take two books, and one book says the words, the words and deeds of Bradley T. Files, and the other book says the words and deeds of Jesus Christ, and then you mm. rip out the inside of one and put it in the other and rip mm. out the inside of the other and put it in there. So when you open up Bradley T. Files, it's everything that Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus took on everything that Brad did yeah. you mm. know, and let it burn on the cross. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Brad gave you the long answer to the thing that keep you from heaven is a lack of a relationship with Jesus. Yes, yeah, that's simple, right? It yeah. is the only way. Jesus says those words; they're not mine. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. you don't get into heaven. I am yeah. the way, the truth, and life. No one yeah. comes to the Father but by me. me. Yeah. yeah, and the Just problem a- in that verse, you know, which I, t- I talked about this past Sunday, 
is not that Jesus says I'm a way. Is that he said I'm the only only way. That's and that's the problem that is in, inside of that verse. And mm-hmm. so, yep, that's good. Okay, moving right along. We have a handful of questions left. I think we can get through them, guys. Um, so, talking about getting into heaven um, and Jesus being the only way. Is there any way to get Jesus after I die? Like if I died and I don't have a relationship with him and then I, I come into his presence and then I'm like, oh, you are real. Um, I believe now. The answer is no, but I just thought of this. So this might peak your, uh, <laughs> this might scare you guys both. I think there is a way. Here's the way. This is going to surprise everybody. Like on the edge of their seat. Drew's about to bring heresy. Well, the way is you come back to life on earth. <laughs> so your your heart starts beating again, right? Oh my goodness. But no, really, realistically, you die. You're dead for good. Well, you just play. You just played off this the idea that many have like when they're selling these books and they're doing these talks and stuff. That's what that's a lot of them. That's what they said. And I'm, we're not trying to disclaim those, but they said they. They died. Their hearts stopped beating. They came in the presence of Jesus. They were like, oh, shoot, you're really real. Heart, you know, comes back to life through shock, medical intervention, whatever the case would be. And then they're like, I'm all in on Jesus. And I I think the the point of clarity is that really, I was just kind of kidding. But when you die, right, and when we define dead, we mean you're not coming back to life. You don't have Jesus in your heart. You don't have a relationship with him. There's no fixing that, right? Mm. You you don't get to decide, oh, wow, there's Jesus. I was wrong. I believe in you now. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's a medical definition of death, which is not a biblical definition of death, yes, right? There's right. people whose hearts stop for a period of time or and whatever. they come back to life, But yeah. they're, they're not dead, you know, uh, and, until they're, you know, it's permanent. Yep. But, um, you know, one... So I think there's two parts to that is one is you're worried about yourself. Well, I get a chance, you know, in heaven to say I was wrong Mm. (laughs) and fix it. Or you're thinking about other people who haven't heard and that sort of thing. Mm. But I, I, I do want, you know, the urgency to remain on now is the day of salvation. You know, now is the time. Don't, don't, you know, will I get a second chance? Am I okay to kind of hedge my bets? No, do not hedge your bets. Yeah, Brad, you just brought up a, a great question, which is um, is really the next question. Um, can people who have never heard the name of Jesus, whether that scenario may be um, they never had the opportunity to hear the name of Jesus, can they still get into heaven? This is a, a question that's been asked through the ages, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, because there are, you know, I think we even shared some of the stats last. Unreached people. Yeah, underreached groups. people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think the answer is no, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Paul makes it abundantly clear, how are you saved, right? Where you confess with your mouth, right, that what? Jesus is Lord. Right. And mm-hmm. believe in your heart that what? Christ was raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. And the result of those two things is you will be saved. Yeah. Now, the question is, how does somebody confess those things if they've never heard those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to be devil's advocate here, and I'm going to say some things that I currently do not believe, okay? <laughs> but, but I just want to. I, I, yeah. I want to flesh this question out because I think this is a real, like, tension that a lot of Christians and mm-hmm. non-Christians have, a, a reason that people don't come to faith, what it case to be. That's not fair. That, that's, that's not fair. Why, why is that the biblical position? What's fair is that we all go to hell. Mm. Yeah. Right? We don't want fair. 
Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> we, we love the fact that, you know, you know, someone resets the board yeah. and, and changes it around. And then we say, well, it's not fair that some do and some don't, mm-hmm. right? And then that is the mystery of God as yeah. to who he extends his grace to. And the fact that he extended his grace to me doesn't mean I was any better or different right. or had any merit. Just somehow God's glorifying himself and the people he saves, and he's also glorifying himself and vindicating his justice and his holiness and those he judges. And I think it's very easy for us, again, to deceive ourselves. We can talk about people, well, what about someone who's just really, really good and really, really sincere and really, really does everything for the right reasons? But, you know, we are so blind to the corruptness of our motivations and and the rest. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and I've also heard it said that you know, there are people who are genuinely seeking, and then missionaries have discovered them, yeah. you know, out there and discovered, here was this person who was crying out to God before I ever arrived, yeah. and God clearly sent me to bring that message. I think there's a lot of Muslim stories in missions yeah. where, yeah. you know, it's, it's a common experience for Muslims to have dreams about Jesus, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then someone to show up and to yep. share the gospel with them. So it's a hard question. Yeah. I, I, I don't ever want to say it's not hard. But again, what that should, you know, it, I think the question then is, why am I not a missionary? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, well, you are. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I am. And and why, you know, there's many ways, and why, and how can I support missions? Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, how can, I mean, if, let's be terrified and make it as urgent as possible to reach those people who are unreached. Yeah. yeah. I, I think just to bring some biblical support in this and, and give a resource recommendation, uh, I'll start with the resource, um, the Knowing Faith podcast. Uh, it's a village church resource from mm-hmm. uh, Village Church in Texas. They're walking through the Book of Romans this season, which a lot of these answers, uh, this question is really tied in the Book of Romans really thoroughly. Uh, Romans chapter one, you know, says that creation makes man without an excuse of not of knowing God. They can look up at the heavens and says there is a God, mm-hmm. um, and will that will general revelation creation save anyone? Well, the book of Romans is not making that argument. The argument is no, that we're without an excuse for sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all sinners, um, whether you've heard the name of Jesus or not heard the name of Jesus, you, you are a sinner. But then Romans 10 is where you dipped in, Drew, it says, how can someone be saved? Well, they know Jesus Christ, they hear the message of the gospel, they repent from their sins, they believe in him, they confess him with their mouth. Um, and then Paul, immediately after saying that, says, and how will they hear if someone doesn't preach to them? Yep. Mm-hmm. And how will they preach if they have not been sent? Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a call to, to missions, it's a call to evangelism, it's a call to go and share the good news of yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, and I, I like the... I, I love when people ask me that question. That's not fair, right? Yeah. Guilty people don't get to decide what's fair and what's mm. not, right? Yeah. And that's all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Who gets to decide what's fair? Right. The perfect person, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want someone who's guilty of something determining justice for me, right? <laughs> yeah, None of us would want point. that, yeah. right? But yet we do when it comes to things we don't understand. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like I said on Sunday, it's all about trust. And who am I going to trust in? A perfect person? Or a guilty person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust the perfect person all the, day long. The problem is, and I, I dove into this a little bit in the, in the talk is um, last week, but 
we're really good at self-deception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're really good at deceiving, and the person we're best at deceiving at is ourselves. Yeah, sure. There was a, a study in 2004 by uh, World Report that asked 1,000 Americans this question, who is most likely to get into heaven? And in 2004, like, Bill Clinton was president, and I may mess up these stats, but uh, it's like he got, like, 64% of, or 54% of votes, and then Oprah got... Uh, like 64%, and then Michael Jordan had like 70% or something like that. Mother Teresa was the top voted person at yeah. 79%, but there was only one person that outvoted Mother Teresa. It was me. Like 999 Americans voted the answer. <laughs> Not me, but me. Like legit, this is a real study right. that happened. Oprah and me. Michael yeah. Jordan and me. I, yeah. have, I have a feeling that might come out in the they sermon. They were outvoted. <laughs> they were outvoted like... The, all those people were outvoted other than like, uh, oh, yeah, Oprah's like 60% likely. But me, 99%. I'm 99% certain I'm going to be in heaven. It's right. like, what? Yeah, we're really good at, at self-deception. Sure. 90% of people say they're above average drivers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and they still get tickets and have wrecks. Like, it's like, it, it, that's, it, to me, that's so funny, though, like, and sad, right, that everybody wants to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very few will accept the way to heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, it's so hard, and the enemy is so good at deceiving us. Right, mm-hmm. because our self-deception ultimately comes from him. Right, his lies we believe them, and our flesh believes them, and it's just sad. The, the way to heaven is so easy, mm-hmm. but costly. But yes, it is definitely costly. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's free at yeah. first. Right, mm-hmm. it costs us nothing. Jesus did everything. And then the back burner, it costs, right? It costs, mm. right? We live with urgency. But man, it's just, it's so saddening to think yeah. that the best gift ever given to earth is the one that is most often the one that's rejected the most. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And we can, it's always a horizontal point of view, right? We're always comparing ourselves to each other and saying, I'm pretty good on the curve, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the vertical comparison is the one that matters and yeah, none yeah. of us measures up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, we have two questions left. All right. Uh, I'm going to end with a lighthearted one. Okay, okay. Just so you know. So we don't, this is his heaviness that we've had this the past two. Uh, the the, sec, the non-lighthearted one is this. You've called us this whole series and even earlier to have hope and joy, even in spite of while we're here on this earth, grieving and mourning. How can I do that? Like how in the world? And, and I think this is kind of from week one of the series you talked about. You, you pulled a verse from uh, Peter's letters that said, we do not grieve as the world grieves. Mm-hmm. We have hope. Mm-hmm. Well, how can, how can I do that? That's this person's question. Well, I mean, I think we have to recognize it's hard, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying this is an easy thing. I'm saying it's a it's an achievable thing. It's mm. still grief. It, yeah, exactly. It's still grief. Right? Like, I, you know, I grieved my dad, who yeah. I had all the hope in the world. I knew he knew Jesus. I knew where he was going to be. It's still hurt like crazy. So I'm not yeah. saying there's, that's the, that's the great thing about Revelation 21, right? Like there will be no more hurt, yeah. right? Because we understand hurt. Mm-hmm. But hope, you can have hope in spite of pain, right? Mm-hmm. You can have hope in spite of grief. And that hope, I believe, brings healing quicker. I believe that hope brings a sense of peace, a sense of like, hey, I don't like this, but I know it's going to get better, right? Yeah. I think it's kind of like, this is probably a terrible illustration, but like a scab, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, my kids get brush burns like literally every mm-hmm. day and they cry <laughs> and they moan. And I always tell them like, 
don't pick the scab because that scab is the hope of it's going to get better, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. scab is covering over the wound to protect you, and it's telling you your body is healing. Yeah. And, I, you know, Christ is that, yeah. that scab in our life, right? Christ is a scab. <laughs> Next sermon series. I know, seriously. I told you it was a terrible <laughs> example. But oh, you're going to stick with that. Yeah, yeah, stick with you know, let's yeah but <laughs> you're not asking us to... To say, okay, don't grieve about someone dying. Don't grieve in life. No, you're not asking. And the Bible doesn't ask us that. Peter doesn't say, you should have hope and not grieve. He says, you should grieve, but don't grieve like the world. Mm -hmm. You you grieve with hope. And so you can be upset about losing a relationship. Jesus was. Jesus and Lazarus. He he mourned over his friend dying. And so Jesus doesn't ask us to do that. The Bible in general doesn't ask us to do that. And Mm -hmm. we're not asking anyone to do that. And think about all the good grief does, right? I mean, how stinking shallow I am, right? But to walk through that, then I am... I'm starting to think about deep things. Mm. I'm starting to think differently about sin. I'm starting to think differently about mm. the priorities of life and the yeah. value of the lost yep. and yeah. what I need to That's do. Good. So grief does good. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't think you guys are ready for this last question. I saved this one. It came in two weeks ago, and I'm like, this one is the last question we're going to ask about heaven. All right. I don't know who sent this in, but I want to high-five them, okay? <laughs> when I get to heaven, this is a real question, by the way. When I get to heaven, will I want to punch Eve in the face? This is not my question. This did come in. Man. I don't think a woman wrote that question. <laughs> yeah. Man definitely wrote that question. And he probably sure should have included Adam and Eve. Because, because this question was actually asked by a female in my community group. And I, and I had to text our group really? message. Ask and I said, did you text that in? She's like, no, I didn't do it. That's really funny. I'm like, well, we're going to answer it. So. Oh, really? No. She asked yeah. that question. No. You're not gonna want to. You're not gonna want to punch her in the face. All right. Thanks for listening to that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're gonna want to punch anybody in the face. I just. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, that's probably the last thing I you're gonna care Adam about. I think shares just as much blame yeah. as Eve. Well, I think. Well, in, technically, he gets more of the blame. Yeah. He does. You know, he if, was you look, if you look he at was the, if you look at the New Testament, Romans five. Yep. Um, through one man. Yeah. Through mm-hmm. one yeah. man, and so the the helpful biblical theology about Adam and Eve is, uh, I would say that. We would say that they're historical, real people, Adam and Eve, first man, first woman. Yep. Uh, but they are also representatives for all of humanity. So for if sure. you were there, if if it was Drew and Ashley, mm-hmm. you know, like in the, the garden, then they would have we would have all made the same choice because they were representatives on our I wasn't behalf. sure where you were going to go with that. Yeah. I'll make Drew and Ashley would have yeah. made the same they, choice. Made the same t- we all would have made the same choice. Daniel and Rena, <laughs> you know? Brad and Karen, like we would have yeah. all made... Yeah, well, Brad we, and Karen, <laughs> yeah, that, that and, I You know, and we, and we were like, well, they weren't my, they weren't my representative. You know, we have this m- mindset right. now. It's like, unless... Unless I approve of this person, and this would this may sound a little too political, but we say, well, that's not that's not my representative. We get, we get real judgy about yeah, all kinds of people. We do. We get real judgy right? about those it. disciples. You know, I wouldn't have. I would not. I would yeah. have just like kicked Jesus out of town. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would not have gotten. It. Yeah. What and, happened to this lighthearted question? I, I, I was. I was. I was, I was getting ready to laugh yeah. and be like, "Yeah, it's been a great series, and here we are being zero. judgmental." And here's here's the big thing. Here's the here's the bow on the end that wraps right. it back to the beginning. Uh, I think the biblical message is: if if you will not accept Adam and Eve as your representatives, then you cannot accept Jesus as your representative. And so. 
because if he was, you, he's if been you waiting all podcasts. If you can't, if you can't say, <laughs> cross stitch that. On that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Grandma, you, you're listening, right? Uh, she does cross stitch. <laughs> My yeah, grandma does good for her. That's right. Uh, but yeah, her. but if you if you won't accept Adam and Eve as your representative in the garden, as you know, which resulted in sin being passed to you, then you cannot accept Jesus who redeems you from your sin. Only through him. That's right. That's the that's the end of the series. It's Boom. been fun. Heaven questions. Two hundred plus questions have been answered through podcast no. sermons, a quick email. Like we've been cranking. Never asking for questions yeah. again. You're sure? You're not yeah. sure? You're not, hey, it's probably made our podcast a whole lot more interesting. We have. It's been the people been, have spoken. The people have spoken. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks so much for listening to this series on heaven questions. We can't wait to be back with you again next week. We hope you have a great holiday, uh, Thanksgiving this coming week, um, and or whenever you're listening to this. We can't wait to hang out with you again on A Little Better.